Alrighty, everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, bringing you another episode of Monday Madness on August 8th, 2023. I know this episode is a day late, much like last week's, but I have no good excuse for this one. No crazy vacations, nothing fun to do. We can probably just chalk it up to professional development. Hopefully there are one or two of you checking into this podcast that know exactly what I'm talking about. At the end of the day, our careers will consume a great deal of our lives, and if we're lucky, we have the opportunity to enjoy it and push those professional boundaries. It really seems like many people involved in this industry specifically are purely passionate about the work and excited to be a part of a team that shares that passion. I'm sure most of you in the audience are likely in this industry and know exactly what I'm talking about. If any of you listeners are not directly involved, hey, maybe now is the time to switch career paths. I've enjoyed it thus far, even graduating in a downturn, but then again, I'm sure it's not for everybody. But either way, it is fun to dream, no? But you didn't come here to listen to me spew propaganda to bring more bright talent into this world of energy. You came to hear those regular statistics that we touch on and those enticing stories revolving around geopolitics. Let's get to it. Commodity prices have been rather interesting in the past week. By pure numbers, it is rather unassuming, but there have been a few mornings where we've seen significant spikes and drops, and maybe even a drop as much as $2 that has been immediately erased as the price bounces back in just a few hours. Last week, we started the week with an $82 barrel of WTI. By Wednesday, we were sub-80, but shot right back up to the high 81s by early Thursday, where it essentially remained until early morning drop this Tuesday, but that's already been negated by the time writing the script. Right now, the price is back up to $82.50 after falling to about $80 flat, so it didn't last. It was a short-lived little decrease, but we're already doing better than we were when we woke up this morning. We could definitely see further increases if we get another massive drawdown, so... Stay tuned for news from the EIA. I believe the API recorded a uh, 4 million barrel build, but still, keep your eyes peeled. The short-term standard moving average has been spending greater lengths of time above the long-term despite this aggressive downward pull, these many aggressive downward pulls, so we may have something real nice to look at in the coming months for a barrel of oil. Brent has the same price action, but the spread is especially narrow. Uh, I want to believe that it's uh, about $3.50, which again, only works in WTI's favor. I think that we have a good chance of better pricing just around the corner, but still, I do urge you to join me in exercising patience. We've been on the precipice, it feels like, dozens of times this year, just for the price to do something, well, we'll call it less than desirable. Natural gas has had a near 30 cent run-up since last Wednesday, as it approaches a $2.80 price since the first time. Well, really since June of this year, I believe. Natural gas will likely pinch out closer to a price of 250 through the remainder of this year before fundamentals dictate any other major change. So, of course, there's always the possibility of massive geopolitical change, but at the end of the day, you can be happy about the price of a barrel. Next up is the rig count. Another negative week as we lose five more rigs, bringing the U.S. total to 659 or 105 fewer rigs than we had this time last year. It has been a minute since we've been up in this uh, triple-digit year-over-year change, but the recovery through 2022 and the start of 2023 was fun while it lasted. 
Basin by basin, there was really no positive change. Uh, the Eagleford, Granite, Wash, Marcellus each lost one. The Canner Woodford is down two. And the Permian took the biggest basin hit and is down five. There are some better news at a state perspective. New Mexico and Wyoming both added two to their total, and Alaska added one. On the negative side, we do have Louisiana down one, Pennsylvania also down one, and Texas down eight. Texas has been struggling lately and is now 59 rigs lower since this time last year. The Gulf is down one rig as well. As you might imagine, rigs making horizontal hole are the ones dropping like flies. It seems like a good deal of those were targeting oil reservoirs. And uh, another not-so-good rig count, but I do imagine many more weeks ahead will look like this. It's going to take some consistently steady high prices to convince EMP companies to take on more here, put up more rigs, and make more holes. So keep an eye out, but I, I think we're probably going to have to sit in the range of 80 to 90 for at least a few months before people get back into production. And I think that's best-case scenario. Our last statistic to visit is the U.S. domestic inventories. Thirsty Thursday is a periodical that we cover on our website, and I highly encourage you to read it, not only because I've incorporated a million great visuals and data and all of these charts you could ever want to see, but because there's also a great cocktail recipe included every week. You can find it at www.rarepetro.com. Here's what you missed from the last issue if you didn't read it. The EIA expected a relatively typical drawdown at a little more than 1.3 million barrels, but was absolutely blown away with a biblical outcome. 17 million barrels disappeared from reserves for the largest weekly drawdown since, well, since we've been recording this data back in 1982 by a healthy 2.5 million barrels. The runner-up was back from September of 2019 at 15.5 million barrels, and I remember that one well. But according to Reuters, the draw was a result of increased refinery runs and strong crude exports. Let's hope that some of that refining capacity goes back into gasoline so that we aren't caught in a bad spot. The API predicted a 900,000 barrel drawdown, but also recorded a strong result at 15.4 million barrels. Sure, about 2.5 million barrels less, but not a bad outcome at all. This is quite nice as an indicator because often the API doesn't have results that, well, let's say, agree with the EIA. So being close in magnitude likely confirms the assessment. It's either that or the fact that the EIA releases their data first and the API didn't want to look dumb. So <laughs> I'll leave you to draw your own conclusions. As you might expect, our weekly inventory change shows a massive drawdown bar that extends a negative scale and dwarfs all builds back to April combined. This, of course, also means the cumulative took a sharp nosedive down, bringing us under the center of the historical five-year range, but still within historically normal territory, if you can consider the past few years historically normal. A few more weeks of 7 to 10 million barrel drawdowns will pull us to record lows by early October. Gasoline inventory saw a healthy boost as we find about 6 million barrels more of supply. This checks out with that massive draw if refineries are back to manufacturing massive quantities of petrochemicals. Gasoline inventories remain below the historical 5-year range despite this build. After a 15 cent increase week over week, you'd imagine this healthy injection to supply might bring down the prices. If anything, it has slowed down the increase of supply as we are now only 11 cents more expensive than we were last week. 
The most expensive gasoline remains in California in the cheapest in Mississippi, ranging from 5037 and 3329 respectively. Diesel prices are up almost 20 cents from a week ago, so distillates are slightly trending downward at this point as we remain awfully close to the bottom of the historical range, which sort of justifies that diesel pricing. Propane is the exact opposite as it sits higher than the historic five-year average. But ladies and gents, that does it for our statistics. Let's get into a couple of short news stories. Our first story comes from Africa's leading oil producer. Well, these days, I suppose it flip-flops between Nigeria and Angola on any given month, but we are talking specifically about Nigeria. If you weren't aware, Nigeria has regularly struggled with illegal oil activity. Some estimates claim Nigeria is losing 200,000 to 400,000 barrels per day of production to illicit activities, which is insane considering they're likely producing 1 to 1.5 million barrels depending on months for the past few years' trends. Apparently, this past week was the week that the government grew tired of it because the Nigerian military has been conducting, well, airstrikes. There's no easy way to say that to get back at the thieves. Three vessels were detected stealing crude from a pipeline, so airstrikes were launched to completely destroy the vessels and render them inoperable. 36 illegal refining sites were also detected in the past week, so after arresting 22 suspects, the military was able to recover nearly 2,000 barrels of crude, 4,000 gallons of gas, 300 barrels of kerosene, and the cherry on top, plenty of assorted weapons. The government is hoping that the arrests and airstrikes will serve as an active uh, deterrent to thieves and allow the country to regain those hundreds of thousands of barrels of lost daily production. Still, even if they do get that production back, they will probably have to convince OPEC to give them a higher production quota, which I do think is unlikely in the near future. And that brings us to the next story. Usually, when it comes to oil in the Middle East, or in this case, Northeast Africa, we hear from OPEC. This time around, the Saudi Arabian cabinet is voicing its support for the OPEC Plus production cut extension. According to Saudi Arabian media, the cabinet will continue to boost the precautionary efforts to support the stability of oil markets, is exactly what they call it. If you hadn't heard, Saudi Arabia expects to extend production cuts through September after it was originally set to end at the end of this month. They've also suggested the production cuts could be deepened should the markets warrant such a move. Now, this could be one of two things if I had to personally interpret it, so speculation alert right here. The government truly wants to see commodity prices come up because that is what a ton of the country's revenue comes from. It's a pretty simple argument and uh, one that falls in line with Occam's razor. The other thing, the other option, would be that this could be a continued antithesis and fight against the U.S.'s strategic petroleum reserve. Okay, now you might be confused as to what I mean by that. If you plot out the events, you can see when prices drop to the range where the U.S. says that it would start refilling the SPR. When that happens, Saudi Arabia makes a production cut announcement that pushes the price right back up, preventing the U.S. from refilling the SPR. This is likely in response to the original frustrations from when the U.S. announced that it had lowered the price conditional to refilling the SPR which likely angered a few countries that would be refilling those many millions of lost barrels, and by refilling, I mean selling directly to the U.S. of A. Either way, I think we can be certain that many countries are not necessarily pleased with the United States for a myriad of reasons, and playing games with our domestic supply is a good way to stick it where it hurts. But hey, folks, that is all I've got for this episode. 
I understand it's a bit late, but better late than never. Thanks again for tuning in because we love talking about all things energy and talking about it with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Hit that follow button and you will routinely get this regular Monday segment, a couple other monthly segments, and if you're lucky, you'll notice that we're putting out an episode of the wacky world of energy. Yes, that's right. That will be coming out later this week. So go ahead and follow us on YouTube if you wish to watch that video interview. And uh, I think you just might enjoy that one quite a bit. Heavier speculation. We have myself and Anthony talking about things as freely as we would like. And uh, (laughs) I I think it's the most entertaining of the segments that we put out. So thank you again. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. And until we see you next time, take care, everybody. 